Shalom, friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Access. This is Timothy, and I'm glad to be studying through the scriptures with you again today. Here in Toronto, we had some beautiful snowfall earlier in the week, and it was followed by days of bright sunshine and clear skies and this amazingly refreshing, cool, crisp air. Now, if you've never tried it, you got to go outside and breathe in that cool, crisp air and see if you could feel that breath just fill and revive your lungs. Man, it's awesome. And then when your body warms up that air and you breathe out, what do you see? The water vapor in our breath condenses into lots of tiny little droplets of liquid water and ice that you can see in the air. It's like a cloud or a fog just dancing up into the heavens. You know, I watched my kids playing in the snow and sledding down the hill on the side of our house. They were all bundled up in their snowsuits and they were just frolicking in this winter garden paradise. Our study today is called Life in Paradise. This is the third installment of our study of the creation story. If you need a handout for today's Access Learn study, please visit our Facebook group, Connections Ministries of Canada, and you will find all our studies under the Files tab. Now let's get started. Life in Paradise. Today, Bev will be reading Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, and through to the end of chapter 2 at verse 25 from the Complete Jewish Bible. God said, Let the earth bring forth each kind of living creature, each kind of livestock, crawling animal, and wild beast. And that is how it was. God made each kind of wild beast, each kind of livestock, and every kind of animal that crawls along the ground. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, in the likeness of ourselves, and let them rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the animals, and over all the earth, and over every crawling creature that crawls on the earth. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and every living creature that crawls on the earth. Then God said, Here, throughout the whole earth, I am giving you as food every seed-bearing plant and every tree with seed-bearing fruit. And to every wild animal, bird in the air, and creature crawling on the earth, in which there is a living soul, I am giving as food every kind of green plant. And that is how it was. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, along with everything in them. On the seventh day, God was finished with his work which he had made, so he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. God blessed the seventh day and separated it as holy, because on that day God rested from all his work which he had created, so that it itself could produce. Here is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. On the day when Adonai God made earth and heaven, there was as yet no wild bush on the earth, and no wild plant had as yet sprung up. 
for Adonai God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no one to cultivate the ground. Rather, a mist went up from the earth, which watered the entire surface of the ground. Then Adonai God formed a person from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, so that he became a living being. Adonai God planted a garden toward the east, in Eden, and there he put the person whom he had formed. Out of the ground Adonai God caused to grow every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided into four streams. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds throughout the land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds throughout the land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It is the one that flows toward the east of Asher. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Adonai God took the person and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. Adonai God gave the person this order. You may freely eat from every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You are not to eat from it, because on the day that you eat from it, it will become certain that you will die. Adonai God said, It isn't good that the person should be alone. I will make for him a companion suitable for helping him. So from the ground Adonai God formed every wild animal and every bird that flies in the air, and he brought them to the person to see what he would call them. Whatever the person would call each living creature, that was to be its name. So the person gave names to all the livestock, to the birds in the air, and to every wild animal. But for Adam there was not found a companion suitable for helping him. Then God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the person, and while he was sleeping, he took one of his ribs and closed up the place from which he took it with flesh. The rib, which Adonai God had taken from the person, he made a woman person, and he brought her to the man person. The man person said, At last, this is bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. She is to be called woman, because she was taken out of man. This is why a man is to leave his father and mother and stick with his wife, and they are to be one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So here we are at the sixth day of creation. We see yet another pattern of God. He says, let the earth bring forth each kind of living creature, each kind. So just as there are divisions in the spaces that he had created and separated and named, now there are these clear distinctions amongst the inhabitants of those spaces. Also on the sixth day in verse 26, we read that God decided, hey, let's make man in our own image, in our own likeness, and let them rule over everything else that we created. Now I've often wondered, what exactly does it mean to be created in the image of God? Let's look at the original Hebrew word for image, selem. It's interesting that selem has the same root as the Hebrew word for shadow, sel. We obviously don't look like shadows, 
but her shadow behaves exactly like we do. So if we jump, so does our shadow. And if we wave, our shadow has to wave as well. It's an exact replica, a mirror image of who we are and what we do. So to be created in the Selim of God, this defines man's unique uh, relation to God. So man is this living being that's capable of, I guess, in a way, imitating God or embodying God's attributes. And man can reason and he has intellect and will and emotion. Maybe that gives us a better picture of who God is and what he's like. Now, if you're following along in your handout, uh, I want to draw your attention again to the sidebar, and we covered this last week, about the reality of duality. Now, to be created in the image of God, this is another one of those moments where we see the reality of duality right there in the scriptures. Let's see how it applies as we look at the governing dynamics of the reality of duality. One, the spiritual existed first. Two, the spiritual is preeminent. Three, the spiritual is almost unlimited in its attributes and dimensions. Four, the physical can occur in a maximum of four dimensions. Five, the physical is inferior to the spiritual. And six, the physical can only partially mimic or reveal its spiritual counterpart. So we know that God existed first, that he's preeminent, and that he is almost unlimited in all his attributes and dimensions. I mean, here in our physical realm, we're bound by these four dimensions, right? But we were created inferior to God. We were simply created in his image. We are not his image. We are but a shadow of his image. And we can only partially mimic or reveal who God is. God creates humankind, male and female, he created them, and then he blesses them. And this is really cool, because built into this blessing is the capacity to reproduce new generations of human beings and the command to do so. Here we see God giving four instructions. He says, one, be fruitful, two, multiply, three, fill the earth, and four, have dominion over all the other creatures. So what does it mean exactly to be fruitful? Literally, the Hebrew word is para, which means bear fruit or bring forth the soul of life. Isn't that beautiful? Bring forth the soul of life. In their case, he's talking about making babies in their likeness. And then that generation has their own kids and then they have their kids and this is the multiplying that happens and through this we fill the earth it's funny because my wife and i bev and i we we get teased a lot from our family members some of our friends because you know we we do have kind of a large family um for this day and age uh, we do have five children and some people think that we're just trying to be very obedient to this command of God to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And while it is a joy, I tell you, there are a lot of hardships that come with it. And as a father, there's just a lot more weight on my heart to, to want to provide and provide well for them. I want them to be able to be successful stewards of everything that I entrust them to care for. 
That's kind of what I see here in the Genesis story where God provides for man every seed-bearing plant and every tree with seed-bearing fruit in it. He provided them something and he provided well for them this sustenance that would carry them forward for generation after generation. Today, we still have these seed-bearing plants that continue to give us food and support all life on earth. So there was evening and there was morning, a sixth day. Genesis chapter 2 begins with the seventh day. On this day, God didn't create anything. He was finished. His work was done. And he saw that everything he had created was good. So God rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had made. And he blessed the seventh day and he separated it as holy. Certainly, God did not need to rest because... Of tiredness. Here, God establishes this pattern for man's work cycle, right? So he sets this model for us because we need to rest. And without proper rest and refreshment, well, you know what that's like, right? Human strength and creativity, it just fails. Based on the creation account in Genesis, Shabbat lasts from sundown Friday evening to sundown Saturday. And that wraps up creation week, the six days of creation and the seventh day of rest. Genesis 2 continues on in verse 4 to talk about the history of when God created the heavens and the earth, that at that point, he hadn't caused any plant to sprout out from the ground yet uh, because there was no person created yet to tend it. Um, he didn't cause any water to fall to help these plants grow yet because there was no person created yet to tend it. Rather, he sends this mist that rises up from the earth to water the entire surface of the earth, kind of not just a fog, it was more like a, a little flood that comes up and covers the entire surface of the earth. Then the next thing that we read in verse 7 is how God formed a person from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, so that he became a living being. All right, we really have to take a much closer observation of this passage here. And I want to draw your attention to the sidebar in your handout where we have some Hebrew word definitions. Now, the word for person in Hebrew is Adam. And the word for ground, because he's created from the dust of the ground, is Adama. So you see Adam and Adama, how closely related they are to each other. I kind of chuckled to myself because when I first came to this understanding of the, the closeness of these words, I'm like, that's almost like naming your dog dog or doggy, you know? Um, but God had a very important reason for naming him from the very substance that he comes from, just to see how interconnected they are to each other, that the very food that sustains Adam comes from the Adama, from the ground as well. You know, and up until this point, it's just a lump of clay until God does something and breathes life into perfectly formed nostrils of this lump of clay. And then he becomes a living being. Now stick with me here. If you have your hand out, this is going to be a lot easier to follow along. The word for life in Hebrew is chai. A living thing or an animal is called chaya. The word nefesh means living being, where it gives this basic life, um, animation, 
So when you take those two words, chaya and nefesh, and put them together, we get this understanding of a living creature or a living soul. It's called nefesh chaya. That equation of the dust of the earth and the breath of life together make a nefesh chaya. So without the breath, all that you have is the adama, the dust of the ground, right? So the word for breath that's used here is neshema. Neshema. It kind of sounds very close to nefesh, doesn't it? They share a similar root in the Hebrew language. So the term for breath of life would be neshema chayim. And living soul or living being is called nefesh chaya. Very close. Nefesh chaya, singular for a soul, one life, versus the neshema chayim. In the Hebrew language, when you use the suffix I am, im, at the end of the word, it makes it plural, similar to how, um, just as the use of the word Elohim hints at God being one, but more than one, so Chayim gives us a hint at more than one life that's being put into Adam, the physical life and the spirit life. So the animals are also referred to as nefesh chaya. They are, they are living beings. They have a soul. But what set man apart from the animals is that God breathed the neshema chayim into man. So man is a living soul, but he has a spirit. Now what's the point of man having spirit? Our physical being is bound by the four dimensions that we live in. Height, width, depth, and time. Okay, so space and time. This is what we're bound by. And we know that God exists beyond these four dimensions that we live in. So the spirit life that he gives us is actually a fifth dimension in our current reality. It is by our spirit that we are able to commune with God, because he is spirit. Moving on to verse 8, we see that God had created Adam in the land of Eden, and then he prepared this garden in the east part of this land of Eden, and that garden was called the Garden of Eden. So God takes Adam and places him in the garden where he had caused all these different trees and bushes to spring up already, so that He had food to eat and all the provisions were there. Like this garden was paradise. And in the midst of that garden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now those two trees are going to become major players in chapter 3 of Genesis. For now, let's go on to verse 10 to 14. These verses almost seem a little out of place in this whole chapter. And Bev read it earlier where it mentions this one river that's running through the garden that divides into four separate rivers out of the garden. Now, some people have used this for geography, like a geography lesson. And there are still some people that are searching for this lost paradise today, but it no longer remains on earth after the flood. What then can we learn from these verses? Now notice that the gold, delium, and onyx were not found in the garden. The rivers that led to the areas containing these precious metals allowed man to 
leave paradise, and find beauty. He could creatively work these materials into useful things and then bring it back into paradise, into the paradise life to be enjoyed. Now, when you guys hear paradise life, you know, how do you picture paradise? Is it going down south where there's palm trees and and a beautiful ocean scene and people waiting on you, bringing you food and drink, and you're just relaxing, doing nothing, not worrying about anything? Well, that's very different from the paradise life that God had intended for man in the garden. In verse 15, we see, Then God put the person he had formed in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. The Hebrew word here is avodah. And this Hebrew word for work, it's the same for manual labor, and it means the same thing as worshiping God. Interesting. So the picture that we see here of the human's work is that it it was also a form of worship. Now consider the agricultural work of opening the ground and sowing seeds and harvesting. This was the very first job in all history. And it started where? In the garden. With this word avodah, it puts a whole new perspective on what it means to live your life to worship God. Right In all that you do, do it all for the glory of God, to honor him, to glorify him. Remember, mankind was created in the image of God. So our very being is meant to worship and make him known. So far through the creation story, God has declared everything he created as tov. It was all good. It was perfectly as it should be. A place for everything and everything in its place. In verse 18, however, we see that he declares in observing the man's state as not good. He was incomplete without someone to compliment him in fulfilling the task of filling, multiplying, and taking dominion over the earth. And then God takes all the animals that he had formed from the ground and he parades them in front of this person that he has created. And he just wants to see, all right, let's see what sort of names you come up with for these creatures. And whatever man named them, that was to be its name. There's something very important here to note about naming. Now we see how in earlier in the creation story, everything that God created and separated, um, he gave a name. He gave a name to the sky, to the seas, to the land, and he is Lord of all creation. So here we see that God is giving this man authority over all the animals that he separates and identifies by their characteristics and then names them. But amongst them, no suitable helper was found. For Adam. So in verse 21, God determines that Adam needed a companion and he created one for him. And he puts Adam in this deep sleep. While he's sleeping, he takes a rib out of him and he closes up the place where he took the rib from. Once again, this is a pattern of God. He is creating the separation between the two. However, the very essence of of what he used to create this other person came from within the man himself. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, 
he created them. In Hebrew, a female is called Isha, and a male is called Ish. The ending A-A-H means out of, so Isha literally means a man out of man, or a human out of man. So Isha, although it means female, also is the word for wife. So here, in verse 24, the concept of marriage is introduced. And the most important principle of marriage is that a man and his wife are to be considered one flesh. So in God's eyes, they are organically and spiritually interconnected. This is once again an example of the reality of duality. One thing that I love about the Sabbath is that it gives me time to to stop working on everything else and just remember Creator God, remember the mighty works during creation and contemplate on the patterns that He's revealed about life and everything that He put into this creation story. I'd like to encourage each of you to take the time to do that as well. Appreciate the Sabbath that God had modeled for us to observe it in such a way that we could be connected with God in that fifth dimension in our spirit and allow him to reveal his truths to us as we continue to seek him through his word. Friends, thank you so much for joining us for today's Access Learn study. It's been a pleasure studying the creation story with you, and I'm really excited to see where God's going to lead us next. May the grace of our Lord Yeshua and the shalom of God our Father be with all. Amen.